Hello, and thank you for listening to the MicroBinFi podcast. Here, we will be discussing topics in microbial bioinformatics. We hope that we can give you some insights, tips, and tricks along the way. There is so much information we all know from working in the field, but nobody writes it down. There is no manual, and it's assumed you'll pick it up. We hope to fill in a few of these gaps. My co-hosts are Dr. Nabil Ali Khan and Dr. Andrew Page. I am Dr. Lee Katz. Both Andrew and Nabil work in the Quadrum Institute in Norwich, UK, where they work on microbes in food and the impact on human health. I work at Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and am an adjunct member at the University of Georgia in the US. Hello, welcome to another software deep dive where we interview authors of a bioinformatics software package. So today we're going to continue the conversation to talk about the software developed around Kraken. And in the hot seat are Dr. Jennifer Liu and Natalia Rincon. Jen is a staff scientist working with Stephen Salzberg in the Johns Hopkins University Center for Computational Biology. Nat Rincon is a PhD student in biomedical engineering, also in Stephen Salzberg's lab. There was recently a paper in Nature Protocols on which Jen and Nat were co-authors about metagenomic analysis using the Kraken software suite. And there seems to be a lot of tools that have been developed around Kraken. Yeah, we sort of touched on this last episode, but like there's different methods of Kraken. It's not just one Kraken to rule them all. There's a Kraken 2 and a Kraken unique. We mentioned Kraken 2 unique, Kraken unique 3. So <laughs> could you guys break? Then there's the Kraken chunking for Kraken unique. I mean, can you guys break it down? Like what's, what's, What's Kraken lacking? <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> so the original Kraken, so the original Kraken 1, which we refer to, is the original tool written by Derek Wood back in 2013, 2014. And that was the start to this whole world. And so that was the introduction of the exact camera matching. We used a camera size of 31 based on jellyfish. And so that was... The original. As time went on, there needed to be some changes into based off of how we were using it in our lab and how people were using it. And so Kraken Unique, I believe, is the next one that was released. And so Kraken Unique is very based on Kraken 1. So it uses the same database structure. It uses the same kind of algorithms for everything. It just adds an extra step which is the unique camera counting. And so that provided the additional column, which basically told you that for your read using, I don't remember all the details of it, but it basically told you like, how many unique cameras are you covering with the the reads that you have? So uh, under the assumption that if you have, if you're classifying against the species, for example, you'd expect that these species would be fairly spread out across the whole genome, right? You'd expect that they wouldn't all the same read and you'd have various reads for that genome or various reads for that species. And so you would also expect that the number of unique cameras would also be fairly high. Um, and so it added that extra column to kind of help verify things. And so that was the first two of the tools. But as we kind of mentioned on the last episode, as the number of genomes has increased significantly, there needed to be smaller databases. We needed some way to make the databases a lot smaller because 300 gigs of RAM was just not going to cut it for a lot of people. And that's when Kraken 2 comes into play. And so Kraken 2 was released by Derek, Ben Langmead, and myself, where we 
where the database structure is significantly changed and it uses a probabilistic data structure. So a slight, you're sacrificing a little bit of accuracy for a very significant decrease in the database size. Um, accuracy is fairly similar to the original Kraken, but because of the probabilistic data structure, it's slightly decreased and you're using some minimizers and there's other details that I'm not really going to go into. Um, but it create it took that 300 gig database and it decreased it down to about like 30 to 50 gigs, which is a very, very big change and a very big improvement. And because also of the changes that were made, there were a number of additional changes that I'm not going to go into, but the one other one that I will mention is also is faster, Kraken 1. Can I push just a little bit? Since this is a bioinformatics podcast, do you want to go a little bit into the algorithm? Not all the way, but just a little bit? Into the Kraken 2 algorithm? Yeah, why, why minimizers? I mean, it's essentially, it's trying to map the cameras to a shorter sequence size, which are the minimizers, which is then mapping back to the original camera lookup process. And so there are there's space seeds and minimizers, which try to take the full cameras and reduce them down in such a way that you're not like biasing any particular sequence, but you're also kind of randomly masking out individual parts of that camera in order to reduce down the database size. And that's the easiest way I can describe that without hurting my brain. <laughs> and I guess one of the things that make it faster is that they do clever like caching by, since we're using these minimizers, we don't have to save the camers or we don't need to go to a specific camer. We go to a specific like Elmer first and they're all sorted in this way so that when you go to that position, now it's in the cache. And the next camera that you're going to look at is likely going to have that same Elmer and be in that same group. And that speeds things up a lot. And then so the other tools. So as now we have Kraken Unique and Kraken 2, right? And so then the next question is, okay, which tool do I use? And so one of the things that we did recently was we incorporated the Kraken Unique camera counting into Kraken 2. The one big difference there is that you are using minimizers instead of cameras, right? And so it's counting unique minimizers and not cameras, but you have the cracking unique functionality now in Kraken 2. People still use cracking unique if you do have that large database like RAM availability. And if you are a little bit more concerned about the decrease in accuracy with the new Kraken 2. And so we kind of suggest that you can use either or. And then the other big update with Kraken Unique is that they now have a flag where if you have this large database, say your database is 300 gigs, you don't need to load it all into memory at a time. And so we, I guess we mentioned the Kraken Unique caching. I'm not sure if they came up with a name for it, but it's still in the same Kraken Unique code base. It's just another flag that you specify for when you're running Kraken Unique to say, I only have this much RAM available can you just run it with this much RAM? And it'll compare your sequencing reads against a portion of the database at a time um, with a slight decrease in speed. And so you are kind of sacrificing a little bit of speed in order to be able to only have a small portion of the database classified against. And so those are the main Kraken tools and kind of iterations of Kraken. And then the other two th things that I, or the other three things that I want to mention are Bracken, which I'm the author of, which was written kind of in between, before the release of Kraken 2, but it works with Kraken Unique and Kraken 2. That provides abundance estimation. 
And so, as we said, it's Kraken is a classification algorithm. It's not going to give you read counts at species level only. It's going to tell you as specific as possible. So you might have reads that are at a genus level or family level based on how specific those reads are. But for people that want to know kind of percentage of my sample, how much is this species over another, Bracken uses a Bayesian algorithm to estimate um, what the abundances are at any given level. So you can do genus abundance, you can do species abundance, and it'll do the re-estimation of the read counts that way. The other tools that I do want to mention are Pavian which is near and dear to my heart, although I'm not the author of it. Pavian was written by Florian, who was the original author of Crack Unique, which makes analyzing these reports a million times easier. So Pavian's a graphical interface written in Shiny, written in R, that allows you to compare read counts across species and also just kind of gives you some nice graphical interpretations of your species. So you just provide the Kraken reports and it gives you amazing visualizations so you can kind of see what's in your sample based off of the report. And then the last tool, which Natalia and I, sorry, have been working on is Kraken Tools. And this is an ongoing project for us where we're creating a set of scripts that help people do downstream analysis based off of kind of what you're looking to use your Kraken results for? Are you trying to look for more statistical metrics for measuring what's in your sample? Do you just want some visualizations? Are you trying to extract reads? Kraken tools is kind of the catch-all set of scripts that should help you do all of these things. Yeah, that's not quite so brief, but it's an overview of all the different <laughs> tools that we have in our wheelhouse um, at of date. Yeah. Yeah, so I think last time one of the one of the great things about all the Kraken suite and everything, Nat was saying like she came into a family and and you're a third year. So how did this all strike you? It seems like if I were going into that, it would be a little bit overwhelming. There are a ton of tools coming in and and you're kind of the next PhD student looking at all these tools. Is is this overwhelming or are you kind of getting a, a handle or are you it was so easy. You already got a handle on it. I guess I started with it as soon as I started my PhD. I was really lucky in the beginning of my PhD, we got this like sweet data set of ocular sarcoidosis eye infections. And with like patient and controls, whole genome sequencing, I, so like immediately we were put into basically the infectious pathogen detection pipeline. Um, and that was like one of my very first projects. And that's the very first paper that I had with the Salzburg lab. And that was like one of the original reasons why I wanted to join. So I think having Jen around is basically been my lifesaver. And so, yeah, so it hasn't been overwhelming, but it really could have been. And it's been really great. It speaks to you as a good mentor. Okay. I do my best. <laughs> so if, so what are some of the applications that you both have been using this suite of tools when would you use one or the other so our lab mainly focuses on more pathogen detection than microbiome analysis but i'll kind of go through so microbiome analysis is something that i think that a lot of people have used kraken for and so if you look up papers that have cited kraken there's a lot out there that use kraken to try to just generally give you an overview as to the microbes in your sample and so this can be anywhere from you're looking at microbes in water and drinking water or in 
various waterways. I even looked at, can we use Kraken to detect the kind of pathogens and microbes that might be in the inner harbor and Baltimore <laughs> water. And so there's a lot of different tools for that. There's some people that are looking at microbes in the gut microbiome, human microbiome stuff, and Kraken is very useful in those instances. But I would say that for our particular lab, we do a lot more pathogen detection. And so one of the really cool things is that our lab's been able to use Kraken to detect infections. So microbes that are in samples that shouldn't belong there. And so we are very fortunate to work with Johns Hopkins Hospital and some doctors there that have patients and they need to diagnose them. And so they'll get a CSF or brain biopsy sample and so we'll send it through sequencing and then we'll analyze that with Kraken to try to detect what kind of things might be infecting them. There's many cases where we're not able to find anything, but there are some very cool cases that have been published. Are we able to detect tuberculosis, for example, in a patient or a viral infection in a patient and successfully diagnose these, these patients using a combination of Kraken and Pavian? And I guess to add to that, in terms of like should you use Kraken 2 or Kraken Unique or Kraken 1, we usually use Kraken 1 unique for the infectious pathogen detect. Since with Kraken 2, we have a small false positive rate that is just like, for us, we consider not like enough to find that needle in a haystack. But if we're just looking at how much diversity is in the sample and a rough estimate, not even that rough, but an estimate of how many, the abundance of species, Kraken 2 is much faster, smaller storage. So we use that. For those sorts of problems. And I will say that you can build both a Kraken 2 database and a Kraken Unique database in the same folder. So you don't need two separate storage spaces because they do use different file names. It's different database structure. So for a lot of our databases, we have both a Kraken Unique and a Kraken 2 database built. Um, so you don't need to have two copies of the library files or two taxonomies or anything like that. Do you have any advice to people who want to do microbiome analysis? Because quite often you have an over-representation of pathogens versus anything that's not a pathogen. You know, like if you look at salmonella, virtually probably everything that's in there is going to be like typhimurium or typhi, that kind of thing, because it causes serious, you know, disease in animals and humans. Well, we typically would just run Kraken and then Bracken. And I think that it... One of the big things and the difficulties around Kraken is you're very dependent on what's in your database. And so this is also dependent on what's been sequenced, what's been genotyped, and like what's actually available in NCBI-RefSeq Complete, right? So what we have found is that those databases are heavily bacterial and viral. You're not going to have a lot of the eukaryotic pathogens just based off of like what's been studied. And so you kind of have to be aware of that when you're building your database. Bracken should kind of like account for what you're, it should kind of help adjust some of those recount levels when doing the re-estimation based off of like what's a unique read and how many reads you expect to get classified when you just have the base database. But I will say that that's something that we are aware of. I don't really know. It's it's all about what's been out, what data genomes are out there. Yeah. So we're kind of reliant on that. Yeah, so I guess if if you're shedding DNA in an infection, which is what you do, then I guess the database itself can't really handle the 
it can't account for overshedding of DNA from an infection. That's just kind of beyond the scope, huh? Yeah, for infections, we wouldn't really use the Kraken results to say the amount of the infection that's in there. I think it's just the presence or absence rather than how much. Yeah, because a lot of we're still kind of refining how we use sequencing for pathogen detection, but we are also reliant on the doctors themselves and kind of verification from pathologists for any of our infectious disease analyses. That's fair. Bioinformatics, we're not alone. We work with other people. So I, I have some other use cases that I use Kraken for, but I don't know. I, I'd like to hear if, if you guys have come across any special use cases that wasn't metagenomics specifically. Like, have you seen anyone use Kraken in a surprising way? I guess I'll give you an example of what I do. Yeah. So so part of our quality control analysis is is taking a single genome and treating it like a metagenome. And the null hypothesis is that this is a, a single genome and that there are no conflicting taxa in the reads. And Kraken can give us a result showing us whether or not there is a conflicting taxon in the reads. And so it, if we have, you know, over a certain percentage of reads that are conflicting, like if it's, you know, listeria in our E. coli sample, then we can say that there's some contamination there. We do a lot of work with contamination. <laughs> I think that's something that Steven Salzberg is very passionate about is contamination in genomes. And so that we have used Kraken, I guess I really didn't think about this. We have used Kraken to detect contamination in, for example, eukaryotic pathogen genomes. And so, as I said, like we're very reliant on the databases and what's out there. And NCBI-RefSeq complete has very few eukaryotic pathogen genomes. But there is many, many draft genomes for a lot of eukaryotic pathogens. And so we actually use Kraken to detect in those draft genomes any and all contamination. So we compare all these eukaryotic pathogen genomes to, say, bacteria, human. Even we built databases for vertebrates and plants, very large databases, <laughs> to try to mask out anything that could be contaminating. And it was very often that we found a lot of these eukaryotic pathogens had contaminating sequences from their hosts. So the what you'd expect these sequences to be infecting. And so, for example, there were some eukaryotic pathogens that were very various forms of malaria that were found in, say, chicken or cow. And so you'd find a lot of chicken DNA that we had to mask out in these draft genomes. And so we use Kraken for a lot of these contamination detection things. And I know that now with HM13, we're also including that in our databases as well. So the full um, T to T consortium human genome, we're now including that in our databases, which has also yielded some interesting contamination results as well. I run Kraken on all of my genomic data, even if it's isolate data, because yeah, I don't, I don't believe what anybody tells me. It's like it's in the salmonella. Like, yeah, okay, sure, sure it is. <laughs> Quite often it's not. Yeah, and uh, if you ever want to see how much people get it wrong, you can actually we run Kraken on all the genomes in Entrobase, so you can actually and it'll. I think we expect the amount genomic content to be ninety percent the species we expect it to be. Otherwise, we just say, well, something's gone wrong. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, there's a lot of trash. People saying, oh, it's salmonella. It's like, no, it's not. So just to close out this episode, here's a question to both of you. What's next for Kraken and the Kraken development team? Yeah, so we are continuing to maintain all the GitHub repositories, make sure that Kraken continues to be an accurate and fast tool for everybody. Yeah, and we'll continue to keep an eye out on the metagenomics fields and classification field just to see if there's any improvements that can be made. Yeah, and Kraken Tools is going to continue being developed as the need arises for any new scripts and downstream analyses. We're going to continue to add to our Kraken Tools suite to make it as complete and as useful as possible. And one other thing that's really, I think, is sort of like the next thing that we need to tackle for people to at least continue to use Kraken as we get more and more genomes available. We need to figure out how to make the database smaller. So finding different ways of indexing and sketching and making that be more doable or even hosting on a compute resource like we're sort of trying to figure out how we should continue and how we can improve upon it that's awesome guys i look forward to the future today we've been talking with the developers dr jennifer Liu and natalia rincon about the kraken software suite around kraken the taxonomic classification software thank you so much for listening to us at home if you like this podcast Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the platform of your choice. Follow us on Twitter at MicroBinfi. And if you don't like this podcast, please don't do anything. This podcast was recorded by the Microbial Bioinformatics Group. The opinions expressed here are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of CDC or the Quadrum Institute.